Welcome. My name is Lauren Hawker-Zaffer and is your podcast host today on Redefining AI. I welcome you warmly to our podcast series in this really exciting episode. Redefining AI is a podcast that's hosted by the Squirrel Academy and the podcast focuses on key narratives and discussion that drive digital innovation and help people understand artificial intelligence, machine learning, insight engines and the insight era. As a Gartner listed visionary, Squirrel is a pivotal player in the field of emerging technology, bringing purpose to all data. In this particular episode on discovering the intersection of corporate and public narratives around AI and machine learning, we've been graced with the presence of a very inspiring female, an AI and machine learning innovation leader, a machine learning influencer, a data scientist, a top data science voice, and a self-proclaimed super nerd, Ashwarya Srinivasan. This is our first appearance as a guest on our podcast, and I'm very much looking forward to our appearance today and to our conversation. Welcome, Ashwarya. Thanks a lot, Lauren. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Yeah, it's really great to have you here. I've been looking forward to our conversation. Obviously, you're heavily engaged um, in the field. Um, so it's great that you've taken the time to be with us. Thanks a lot. I, I've heard uh, some of your previous podcasts and they are very insightful. So I'm very excited to be on this one. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so we've just introduced you and I introduced you with obviously a lot of titles. Um, and I sort of pondered on how I should introduce you. I'd love to know, how do you normally introduce yourself, Ashwarya? Um, that's, well, uh, to be honest, like I do identify myself as uh, as different personalities, right? I cannot really put one uh, particular job role um, to identify myself. That's, that's not what I generally like to do. So uh, that's why even uh, through my LinkedIn, uh, the way I try to communicate with the, with the uh, folks there, with my network, is that I'm trying to depict my different personalities. So uh, I am uh, involved in building data science models. So that's where my data science personality comes in. I am equally interested in uh, learning more about like, you know, how AI is impacting different businesses and how economical it is for different businesses to scale these kind of technology in their organization. So that's where my thought leadership or uh, my, my previous role at IBM, uh, where I was an innovation leader, that comes in. Uh, at the same time, I'm very curious to create content. So I like to read a lot of things in the space and uh, write about them as well. So I do share the knowledge on the platform. And that's where uh, that's where probably the, the tag of uh, being an influencer came in. So I do recognize myself as different, uh, differently at different points in time. Okay, excellent. And you're also, from what I've read, a member of many advisory boards, associations. You're a long-standing volunteer and a recent co-founder, which is also extremely inspirational. I mean, I think that you're an inspiration to a lot of not only females, but a lot of people that are aspiring to be part of the field in different roles. Um, with all of these engagements and what you've just spoken about at the start, what is it that you're aspiring to achieve and what drives you to do more for yourself and for others? 
So um, one of the things I would I would like to you know like specify is that when I'm trying to engage with different communities, right? I am working with different nonprofit organizations, and uh, I do that when I really resonate with their mission and their goals. So I'm I'm working with two uh, nonprofit organizations right now, which is uh, AI for Good Foundation and AI Education Project. So what AI for Good Foundation does is uh, they are working towards United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So they are partnering with uh, other organizations and individuals to build machine learning models or AI AI solutions that is helping uh, United Nations accelerate their uh, targets and indicators to achieve their uh, sustainable development goals. So that is one of the things that I'm uh, helping them with. The other thing that I'm involved in is AI education project. And what they aim is how to uh, democratize the educational process around AI. And how can we have this as a part of curriculum, not through like, you know, uh, undergrad, undergraduate education or uh, postgraduate education, but how do we incorporate this right in high school education? And they are having a lot of initiatives around um, for students in underprivileged communities and developing nations, so that is something which completely resonates, you know, with my uh, with my experiences where I come from and how much important uh, I how much importance do I give for education. So uh, that's where I felt, you know, like this is something where I have faced the difficulties, and I, if at all, I can do something to make it an easy process for the other people who might be in my shoes. Uh, yeah, nothing better than that. Excellent. I mean, we're certainly on the same mission there and ensuring that there's enough opportunities for education, especially in the field of AI and machine learning. Yeah. You you speak about it resonating with you, and that's why you obviously take part in a certain process or you work with a certain organization or you provide your experience, your support there. Um, mm -hmm. In this do you see a necessity to, to bring in education around AI and machine learning in, for example, high school years? So I believe, um, I believe that, you know, introducing these kind of technology at an early age is really important because um, me being a 90s kid, I was not, uh, I was not, you know, exposed to so many gadgets when I, when I was a kid because they were merely not there. But as now I see, you know, like kids at, at a very, very early age, at the age of like four or five, they're starting to use phones and iPads. And that's where I definitely believe that technology uh, education or like, you know, awareness about the technology, about how it's working should definitely be incorporated in, in curriculum because it's a basic understanding that, that they need to know. And uh, why do I emphasize more about the AI side of things is because currently I feel uh, when I'm talking about data privacy, I see a lot of people who are not very aware of, you know, how their data is being used or um, what kind of models do they interact with every single day. Like whenever people are using their phones, there are so many models that they're interacting with every single day. And it's a basic uh, it's a basic uh, understanding that everybody should have, especially when they are interacting with so many of these solutions every single day. So that's why I believe that general uh, cognitive awareness about these is a very required thing. And that's where we can, you know, like see more and more people um, 
contributing towards building uh, better technology and especially uh, with respect to you know building responsible systems because currently when we are thinking about building ai systems we only look at it from a technology perspective and not from a behavioral perspective or like not from a, uh, not from how it impacts the society so um, being aware of what exists and how can it be made better is really important and that's that's where i feel it should be definitely a part of the curriculum for for younger generation mm-hmm. That's insightful. I mean, there's so many things that you've said there that I'd like to pick up on a little more as well. Mm-hmm. I think the data use, and you've highlighted that people don't necessarily know um, about the models that they're interacting with, and you've raised a, a clear opportunity here for people to identify more with that and to have access to identifying more with it. Um, how do you foresee that happening? Like, how do you think people can be made aware of what we've just spoken about? So uh, slowly we are um, like uh, including things in the curriculum. So a few of the things that I can discuss with you is uh, the general awareness, right, of of what uh, what kind of technology is being used in our day to day lives. For example, whenever we are using Google search. uh there is a model that's running on the back end which is helping the users find the best results for their query so if you and me are searching for the same thing uh we are most likely going to get different results the reason behind uh this is that we are probably from different uh different regions in the country we uh, have uh, different kinds of search history in uh, for for both of our profiles uh we have uh, we have been you know like uh searching for different things we have been um, we've been uh, visiting different kinds of pages so based on our user history and based on our preferences based on our demo- demographics etc the google search results are uh, subject to change and these are like very simple things which we are interacting with every single day and just having the awareness of how they work uh is is really important so the first part of the curriculum is general awareness on what are the things that we interact with every day what is the technology that's going behind it and the second part is uh, of course like how do we build it right like the technology aspect of things on how do we actually build these things and the third part would be the impact so this talks about uh not just uh not just you know like how organizations can benefit out of these technologies how does it look like in a short term versus a long term basis but also how does it impact the users so what which users are, are these technology uh, catering to how is it going to impact them how would it uh, impact a different group of users uh, if if they get access to uh, access to this technology etc so that's the trust or like you know the ethical aspect of things mm-hmm. so i feel like these are the three components majorly that we can look at so one is general awareness the second would be uh, the technology aspect of how to build things and third and really important thing is the ethical aspect of it mm-hmm. it's really interesting and obviously you've highlighted there three different levels that we should be looking at from the general awareness the technology built how how it's built and the ethical impacts now what i question as well is that 
obviously here at Squirrel, we focus on the use of AI from an augmentation perspective of it, enhancing human capabilities, creating a valuable insights experience for the, the whole organization. But you're a data scientist. So what's the main perspective that you look at AI from? Absolutely. So uh, one of the things, right, like uh, even within a data scientist persona, uh, there are different sub roles that, that people are focusing on. So people who are from the research side of things, they are mostly focusing on how to develop better technology. So their focus is on how do we increase efficiency? How do we uh, build something which was uh, unheard of before? Or, you know, like, uh, how do we automate something which, uh, which has been a challenge for all these years? So for them, technology is definitely the major component. Um, but ethical aspect of it comes in when we are planning to scale it. So whenever we are saying that we are going to operationalize this technology, whenever I'm saying that uh, this model is going to sit in this application and it's going to be used by millions of users, that's where we need to get in the ethical parts of things. Because, um, because we need to understand what user group are we targeting? Uh, what if uh, a different user group gets access to this application? Would there be a negative impact? Uh, how would the impact look like on our user groups right now, let's say like one month down the line versus 10 years down the line? How do you think the user groups um, uh, user groups thinking or their activity change in, in uh, short term versus long term, et cetera? And of course, like we need to understand if we are catering to the uh, to the entire population whom we are targeting, et cetera. So these are really important when we are planning to productionalize or operationalize these technologies. Excellent, yeah. I mean, it's understandable. If we continue with um, maybe moving back to awareness. So one of the reasons that we invited you on today is that you have this really fascinating and interesting role in the field. Mm -hmm. You have what I would say is a sort of fanning nature. You're, you embody this intersection of the public and the corporate. And with this, I mean that you're heavily involved in both public and corporate narratives and movements around AI, machine learning and data scientists. You're like an ear, an eye, a hand to both worlds, I would say. How do you consciously experience these narratives, Ashwarya? Um, I, I definitely do it very consciously because I want uh, to experience different side of things. Uh, because sometimes what happens is, um, and this is something which I've experienced firsthand. Um, I have been, you know, like uh, uh, I started off as a hands-on data scientist uh, role and I was only focusing on building building the technology, right? Like I was only focusing on, um, okay, how do I make my model better? Or like, you know, uh, having a very uh, myopic vision. Uh, but eventually I realized that uh, when I am trying to build something for any business, I started thinking about it in a way that why would they need this? What is AI the only solution that they have? And why should AI even be considered? Is it an economical decision? Is it really going to... Uh, change the way they are doing their business or is it going to really optimize something that they're doing in their business so that's the kind of uh, questions i started getting and that's when i started exploring the uh, business side of things and that got me very 
interested in learning more about how businesses work in the first place. So uh, I'm coming from a computer science background and I have a master's in data science. So I've mostly been around the technology side of things. So it was interesting to start to, you know, learn about how different industries function, how retail sector functions, what are their day-to-day -day activities, uh, what personas are involved, uh, what business units are involved, etc. Similarly, if you start exploring different business sectors, it's very different. And how we build data science models in each of them varies by a huge, huge margin. So uh, that's that's something which intrigued me, and I started exploring the business side of things. Okay, what was the main um, the main sort of motivation there? Obviously, you said that you found it intriguing, and that you wanted to explore the business angle of it more. But can you tell us a little bit more about what drew you into it? Was it your own motivation? I mean, obviously, you come across as being a really motivated and naturally curious person. Um, so what motivated me is the very thought of, um, you know, how less we are invested in the AI technology. So I had seen, you know, how reluctant certain sectors could be around uh, deploying AI, uh, AI in their business. And initially, I used to have this thought that, okay, like, uh, why are they being reluctant in, you know, deploying uh, AI solutions in their business? And then soon it did make sense because uh, from their end, the risk appetite could be very less because of various reasons. Um, uh, there could be other challenges, which which is making them feel that it's not a long term viable solution for them. And uh, that that was that, you know, like uh, inspired my curiosity to see that, OK, why is it happening? And that's where I wanted to understand their uh, their perspective and how do they look at AI. And obviously you're involved in a lot of conversations and I'm looking at it again from the perspective of you're an influencer in the space, you're a voice, a recognised voice. Do you see this reluctancy in conversations and public narratives when people talk to you or ask you questions or reach out to you? I mean, what's dominating those sort of conversations in the field? Um, I wouldn't say like I've seen any kind of reluctance. It again depends on which uh, specific industry we are talking about. So if if you see, uh, you know, like how AI solutions are being adopted by healthcare sectors, uh, they are definitely going to be more careful. Like uh, it has to be, you know, like uh, tested much much uh, in a much deeper fashion than uh, than anything else because now we are handling like human lives right so that way like the risk appetite is very different for a healthcare versus maybe say an e-commerce who are just trying to recommend uh, products to their users so even if they're not recommending the right say like two or three right products that doesn't really uh, have a detrimental impact but if you're not predicting something correctly in a healthcare uh, environment, that can be having really adverse effects. Mm -hmm. So uh, I do see the reluctance there where um, where people believe that, hey, like, uh, I don't want to just, uh, you know, like incorporate an AI solution in my organization just for the sake of it, just because it's cool. But I would do it when I feel that it's going to really improve my uh, my my things, uh, like my working of things. So that's that's their perspective, and I, I completely respect and agree uh, with how organizations think about it. 
and uh, where like how ready they are to actually adopt ai solutions because there's also something with ai readiness uh, which they need to be ready with and uh, that's that's that could be one of the uh, bottlenecks that organizations are facing right now Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting uh, term that's used as well, like AI readiness, and I think that it, it's um, it takes us down a curious uh, road of 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 questioning as well. I mean, I am an educator, and I'd say that as part of a team here at Squirrel, we also really try to strive to open doors around educational opportunities to the field of emerging tech. And I think with the whole AI readiness, we often experience that sometimes it's the human or humans that are <laughs> the limiting factors in both both movements. And as you've mentioned, it might be in seeing the business value of AI or encoding semantics on a technical level or pushing again around the ethical component of maybe the elimination of biases in, in, in data sets. How do you personally regards the human and the role of the human in the loop and everything we've been talking about in the whole AI readiness and machine learning, digital transformation movement? So uh, absolutely, I I believe like humans uh, in this entire process are very, very necessary because uh, there's there's two side of things, right? Like uh, where I would trust technology is for its speed and its accuracy in uh, doing an automated uh, automated movement so um, any any kind of decisions where it's running on automation i would probably believe uh, trust technology on that and mm-hmm. for the speed of course like you know like uh, a human mind can only process information at a certain speed whereas a computer can uh, do it a million times faster so that's definitely where i would want to like leverage the power of technology and like uh, what can be done computationally but where humans come in is their uh, expertise in that domain so when i'm uh, let's say i am building something uh, for a healthcare sector right like going back to our previous example um, let's say i'm building something for a healthcare sector uh, i alone as a data scientist cannot accomplish this task efficiently because i do not have knowledge about how doctors treat cancer or how doctors identify uh, cancer that is a subject matter expertise that they have which a data scientist might not and uh, that's where it's very important for um, for data scientists to collaborate with uh, with folks in the field and understand how do they run every single day how do they run their uh, business or how do they run their organization every single day and um, for us to understand uh, understand like you know what do they look out for and how do they drive uh, drive things from their end and that's when we can build a better solution uh, because unless and until i understand how how do they access data how do they assess data and how do they interpret the data uh, i cannot alone build a model that is just automating my things from my end so that's where i feel it's very important to have those uh, subject matter experts and they are really really crucial for uh, for building any kind of ai solution that we are looking for mm-hmm. what do you have to be aware of in that process of obviously working close in hand with maybe healthcare specialists as you've exemplified there um so um 
one of the things I would definitely like emphasize is uh, whenever we are working, say, on in in the data science space, right? It's a common misconception that machine learning is uh, the only solution, or you know, uh, machine learning can solve everything. But that's not true. Data science, in general, uh, uh, just the just the field itself is talking about how do we access uh, the right kind of data, how do we extract the right kind of information from that data, and how can that information be used for making uh, informed decisions. So that's that's what data science is about, and machine learning is just a tool that's enabling us to make that uh, extraction of information in a much faster or in a much efficient way. So uh, why I say that we need subject matter experts is because if I'm handling a certain data, I wouldn't know what is right or what is wrong in that data. I wouldn't know what's anomaly in that data. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know where uh, data quality issues might arise. Um, I wouldn't know how to uh, how to treat uh, the data if I see missing values, etc. So when I'm trying to understand the data firsthand, as a data scientist, uh, the technology aspect of things might be more uh, uh, more of a stronger suit for me than the uh, than how the business uh, approaches it, right? So that's where I need to have the subject matter expert who tells me that hey, like this is how we are collecting the data. This is uh, how we are processing it. Uh, this could be some of the data quality issues, and this is how we treat it. So, um, like, uh, just the business understanding of that data has to uh, be a collaborative effort between the data scientist and the subject matter expert. Mm. And there, I think, again, you're really highlighting obviously this polarity in the relationship between the human and the technology. A lot of people say as well that sometimes we might need to address the human before the technology. And just to explain what I mean by this, it's obvious that, I mean, we look at and we are aware of certain cognitive biases that humans have, but we rarely work on these in a productive manner as humans. You know, we're encouraged more and more to really think about it. And we're encouraged, especially when handling data and building models, that there's this limitation in the inclusion of any biases when when handling the data sets, et cetera. Mm. Would you agree with that? Do you think that we need to address humans more before actually using technology, as you've said, as a tool? Absolutely, yes. Um, and we have only had proofs of uh, human biases more and more um in in the past decade because whenever we are building technology we are using data that is representing the the society right and uh it would be funny if i say that the society is uh, free of biases because it's not mm-hmm. we have a lot of biases uh, in the society uh, a lot of judgment biases a lot of uh, inherent biases a lot of unconscious biases etc which definitely does reflect back in the data that we are using so um, whenever we see, you know, like uh, any any uh, any data set, right? Like uh, I can just give a very simple example of um, a database, let's say that we are using for uh, uh, for people working in technology in in the technology field, and uh, we might see that you know there are more men in that field working than women, and uh, that's that's a bias that exists in the society, and that's what is being reflected in the data. 
now when we are building models on top of that data uh, there are very very high chances that the model can also be biased so a model could be uh, you know um, inclining more towards hiring a a man compared to a woman and uh, we have seen such situations and this is not something which you know like uh, i'm just i'm just uh, imagining but this is something which we have seen uh, in models that organizations have built and we have seen these biases uh, evidently coming out of the of the uh, of the solutions that companies have built and this is where uh, the entire you know this is where we reflected back that hey are we building the right kind of solutions are we are we uh, building solutions which are supposed to be you know debiasing things that's existing in the society or are we just amplifying the existing biases and building an automated system on top of it so these are the thoughts that started coming up for organizations and that's where we uh, started working with psychologists and people who have majors in social sciences and who understand these kind of biases coming in the data better uh and uh we could collaborate with them on identifying these biases and uh finding a solution on how we can cope it interesting and what's the main sort of advice that they're given their the psychologists and social scientists that you're working with so um depending on what kind of use cases we work with right uh let's say we are working with um a hiring uh, data set where we're trying to um uh hire making hiring decisions for uh, for people based on their uh, based on their profiles uh then inherently we try to not use um, not use uh gender or you know like race or ethnicity etc as a field when we are training the models but we also try to see that uh if there are any features that could be leaking these uh crucial uh crucial like variables etc and uh where we do take help of psychologists or like uh social science experts is for them to help us understand that why is it happening so they can help us understand that why do we see this you know shift of um uh, uh uh shift of say like a particular race or like a particular class not being uh, hired as much as the other one in in the in certain roles etc so that's where their expertise come in and they help us understand that hey this is the root cause of why this is happening and what could be a better way that we can train models which uh tries to succumb uh what what we have seen in the past mhm yeah i mean it's certainly given a lot of people involved in projects and in the field per se a lot of uh, food for thought and angles to explore i think as well it's about trying to ensure that as you've mentioned that we're not amplifying the biases and also trying to ensure that we're moving in a better direction mm-hmm. and in moving in, be- in a better direction as well i mean you've got a lot of experience with that yourself as a innovation lead what are you personally aspiring for for the future of ai or machine learning or data science um so one of the things that i am typically aspiring for is to work um more on solutions which are catering to uh catering to consumers or catering to uh, uh population users 
and uh, what i am aspiring to work more deeply on is how to build responsible ai systems and it's it's a very complicated uh, it's a very complicated process uh, i can define it using you know like uh, five simple words but um, it is absolutely not as simple as we think about it because users are involved from different countries different countries have different governance policies different uh, like different laws in place uh, so that makes it difficult for an international organization to work with the data similarly uh, it becomes a challenge on uh, working with the trade off on how should companies make the best use of the data that's available to them and how can they collect more data to build better solutions so that's the data utility side of things right versus when you're collecting more data you are somewhere compromising on privacy of the users so that's the data privacy of things so that uh, just balancing that data utility and data privacy is a very crucial aspect and a lot of folks are researching in this field a lot of solutions have been proposed a lot of measures have been taken in place but this is still an area which is uh, work in progress um we recently did have an advancement where uh, a lot of cloud providers uh, um came in and uh, they built something called as trusted cloud uh, trusted cloud principles it is uh, available on the internet uh, it's available for everybody to like read through and definitely a good resource if somebody is interested to explore more about the trusted ai side of things uh, because with with cloud computing is a first step that we are making in the space and um, yeah this is this is definitely something where, where the industry is focusing on right now yeah i think in general as you mentioned that there's there's um this opportunity especially around trust to create more of a general awareness and the good uh, and the better direction that it's headed there's uh, so many things that we've covered today <laughs> and then we've had an opportunity to explore AI for good about the engagements that you're personally passionate about about your perspective from the angle of a data science also the incorporation of you being at the fanning intersection of public and corporate narratives and also we've heard from you about what you want to achieve in the future around data utility and data privacy And I want to thank you for for sharing this experience with us and just want to ask if you maybe want to add something as a parting a parting uh, thought or any final words that you want to share with us here on the podcast. Um yeah uh, as as a final thought I think what I would like to share is as technology folks we should definitely think about how we can um uh, use our skills to really create an impact which is uh, outside of business which could actually uh, you know help the community in some way or the other and uh, trust me there are a lot of countries there are a lot of people there are a lot of communities which need our help so it is just my uh, like just my request that uh, we try to you know like uh, use our skills to make make a difference wherever it's possible definitely i mean i couldn't agree more there ashwarya um Thank you. I'd like to thank the, everyone else uh, who's listening today. It's been a pleasure. And if you'd like to find out more about the critical capabilities around the Insight Engine, then go to the Squirrel Academy on learn.squirrel.com and access our educational material. Thank you. Thank you.
Thanks a lot, Lauren.